0: Welcome to season 2 of IVF Tales. I'm your host, Simone. This podcast was created with the intention of making the world of infertility a little less lonely. Each episode will have a new guest share their IVF journey, sharing some of the most courageous, surprising, intimate, and saddest moments of their lives. It's real and raw. It's IVF Tales. Hi Talia, thanks so much for coming on the show to tell me about your IVF journey.
1: That's okay, thanks Simone for having me, I can't wait to tell my story.
0: Can't wait to hear it.
1: So I think our IVF journey kind of started, or our fertility journey, started um, way back in 2017. Um, We freshly moved into our house and decided that it was something that we wanted, so we started trying, tried for about maybe six months, and then I changed jobs, so that kind of put that on hold a little bit. Um, then, after being in my new job for a little bit longer, we decided it was time to try again. So, in August 2018, we decided it was time to try again, so we did that. Um, when I went off the pill, I had like the usual withdrawal bleed that you you get but then after that I didn't have a period for quite some time um so I was quite young so I decided that it was probably something that I needed to do was to go to the doctor and because I thought something wasn't quite right um we then had a blood tests and ultrasounds and all of that type of stuff and we found out that I had polycystic ovarian syndrome so at this time I was twenty-one, so I'm now twenty three. I'm uh, sorry, now twenty-four, not twenty-three. Um so I was quite young and that was that's one of the biggest things that reoccurs in our fertility story is everyone says, Oh, you're young, it's okay, like keep trying. Um, but yeah, so after finding out that we had that I had polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, I was referred to a doctor that was an OBGYN and I spoke to him in December of 2018. Um, and we started on Clomid and tried that to see, cause he had worked out that it was like, I wasn't ovulating on my own. So that was our biggest issue. Um, once we did that for about six months and then worked out that clomid wasn't working for me either it was a bit of trial and error every probably three out of the six months I ovulated the other three I didn't um yeah it was pretty like when you think about it like now that I'm thinking back on it like that was blood test after blood test every single month for a fair while But then we went on letrozole. So that was a game changer for me. It actually worked, which was fantastic. Um, And then again, blood test to confirm that that was working. So I did that for a fair while.
0: And then do you Um, just do, sorry, just tell me a bit more about when you're doing these cycles. So you're on these drugs and then you get the green light to say, okay, go home and have sex. And then what do you have like a, a day or two of tell me a bit more about yeah, that
1: <laughs> much. Yeah. so with so this was just all the only help I needed at this stage was just getting me to ovulate okay so it was the same as everybody else but I was just having that little extra bit of help to do something that my body wasn't doing on its own
0: mm-hmm.
1: so but, and I was also having blood tests to make sure that it was happening
0: mm-hmm.
1: but over that whole time so from December 2018 right up until August 2020 I still had been seeing this doctor mm-hmm. same thing every month blood tests ovulation yep but no pregnancies whatsoever so mm-hmm. not one time have I even fallen pregnant at this point yeah right so, Okay. yeah it was quite a long time now that I think about it like I probably should have pushed to try and do something a little bit earlier but Mm-hmm. at this point we just were trying so then in March 2020 so up until from December till March um, we then decided that it was probably going to look at me needing to have um, a laparoscopy and mm-hmm. hyster- hysteropathy I never can say that right. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah pretty much it was the ovarian drilling and having my tubes flushed to make sure that there was going to be no issues there because if I still couldn't fall, my doctor said that that was something that I would need done before we could go to IVF anyway. Mm -hmm. And was there any
0: chat about um, your partner having any testing done Mm -hmm. or was all the focus on you?
1: Um, It took a little while to get him tested, but Mm -hmm. we did eventually get him tested and he was perfectly fine, Mm -hmm. Um, which was good because that just eliminates another factor. Yeah. but Then yeah, so that was March. So p- picturing back to March was March 2020, the peak of COVID, like it was all just starting to unfold. Yeah, yeah. My surgery was classes and elective surgery. So mm. I think it was the week before it all went down my surgery was. So I was so so lucky that I was having that surgery when I did or I who knows when I would have got it done. Yeah. Um, so that was like, yeah, the peak of it all. Um. Yeah, so then that comeback, that was all good. Everything was fine with my tubes and whatnot. Um, my doctor kind of said that he in the past had known people to fall pregnant after that surgery. So just to continue on for a few months with what we were doing with the letrozole and trying that way just to see if that was, we might fall after that, after having a, kind of a little reset, as he like he liked to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, then come August 2020, nothing had happened still, so no pregnancies. My eggs were fine. I got him to check my AMH level. I don't know what it was, but it was for my age. It was what he expected for my age. So mm-hmm. at that point, I was 23, I think. Yeah. So yeah, there was no issues with that. So he kind of was like oh this is probably the next step now for you would be IVF or a fertility specialist so then he referred me on to a fertility specialist um, which brought us to October 2020 Um, so I spoke to the fertility specialist we had to do all the the pre-IVF testing so blood tests ultrasounds um, that come back saying that I was low in vitamin D which was interesting. My eye and all of that's always been really low, but D was never one that come back. Oh, wow. Um, so Yeah, that one put a hold on IVF because I won't start IVF if your vitamin D is low, which I had never heard of, but they wouldn't let me start until I was on top of that.
0: I didn't know that um, either. Yeah. yeah interesting. Was very bizarre. Yeah, I mean, um, I know it's I important it- with um, like, in pregnancy and whatnot but I didn't know it was a um like part of a policy like to have normal levels before starting yeah. So there you go learn something
1: could could be that particular um place as well yeah yeah but of yes, course Yeah. Cool. that was all so yeah that took about a month or two of me having vitamin d tablets and mm-hmm. I remember at work i would go out and sit out in the sun and have my lunch just to try and get as much vitamin d yep. as I could because yep. I had an inside job so I really don't see a lot of sun at all. Yep. Um, So, yeah, then we were finally able to start, which we, because in our situation my partner was fine, I was fine, we figured it would probably be the first step for us would be IUI Mm -hmm. um, just because it couldn't hurt. It was a cheaper option as well. Obviously you're not forking a lot of money as you are with IVF, um, but that one didn't work first round we went up there which I also will add in there too with um COVID another issue we had was we're located in northern New South Wales and where we were going was in Queensland Uh, so we had the to face the borders being shut yeah so all my first appointments with him were over the phone because we couldn't get into Queensland we no matter I applied for a medical exemption to try and get over there um, it took about a month, and then I finally come back that I could go. But then we didn't need to go at that point, so oh, okay. that was just a whole another
0: hurdle. Yeah, wow. Um,
1: sitting at the borders for an hour, and <laughs> when you're doing such time precision things that like you can't be late, mm. um, so that was really stressful sitting there and waiting. When I'm like, time's clicking over, and we're like we just need to get to the doctors because we're about an hour and a half away. Um, from where the doctors was. So um, driving up the road where we went, it was a really, really windy road and I get so car sick and I think I spewed every single time we went up to the doctors, every time oh, we went up there. out. So it was never a fun trip going up there. Um, then we did our second round of IUI, um, which was around November 2020. Um, once again, didn't work we found out on Christmas Eve that I wasn't pregnant Mm. so that was so yeah it wasn't a good day to find out for sure Mm. Uh, finding out at work on Christmas Eve and I just remember I drove home and I bawled the entire way home just Mm. saying it it was so unfair like I had so many people around me in my friend groups and things like that that have all had babies and when we very first started not one of them had babies so to see now by this point, they were up to their seconds and thirds. So mm. it was very, very, very hard. But um, yeah, Christmas Eve to turn around and then have to do, put the happy face on and do the Christmas period was really tough. Um, and then we went into the old Christmas period where the doctor shuts down for December, January. So couldn't do anything after that. So in a way, I think it was probably a good little break that we needed anyway because you, you get so focused and so everything is just surrounded around trying for a baby that it's you can't think about anything else. So we were super lucky that we did get that time. I think it was good in the Heinz. Like now looking at it, it would have been good, but obviously to start off trying, would have been much better.
0: Oh, you Um, always, you never want to have a break at the time. You're like, what can I do next? When can I do the next cycle? But, yeah, yeah. in hindsight, you're like, actually, that one month, two months off was a blessing because, yeah, Yeah, it does completely consume you. So, yeah. Oh, definitely. But,
1: yeah, so over that time we, yeah, just chilled, had Christmas and did all that and was just prepping, I think mentally preparing ourselves for what was to come because we had decided by then that two IUIs was probably enough for us. We just didn't mm-hmm. really want to wait any longer um, yeah. because it didn't work. So, didn't have a lot of faith in it working through that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, in I suppose, in the scheme of things, each I think it was about a thousand dollars or around that each couple of grand that we'd spent on IUI, we could have put towards. like IVF so Mm. it just wasn't worth it in our in our view of things so then fast forward to February in 2021 we were all prepped and ready to go for our next cycle um, which was going to be our first IVF cycle we couldn't get any of our medication I couldn't get any of my medication that I needed in New South Wales so I had to go to go to the Gold Coast to get it, which was an hour and a half away. And you have and, to sit
0: at the border with your border pass, or was it yep. open at the time?
1: No, it was still closed, so we had to go up and do all that, get your border pass. Oh god! Um, my doctor pretty much rang me. I think I tried to organise it within a day or two because obviously it's so timed, like when you get your period, yeah, to ring up, to get you. So we're like, all right, let's go, let's go up. Well, I made the drive, I think, after work one afternoon. I was like, this is it. So I've told work I need a few days off because obviously it's like an hour and a half, two hours away.
0: Mm-hmm. I can't
1: just go to the appointments and come back to work. Like I had to kind of take a day. Yeah. Um, so they, some issues happened with that and they wouldn't allow me to have the days off that I needed in, in a short, very short story form. Um, so we couldn't do our round
0: that month. So it's absolutely Waiting. So hang on a yep. minute. Did your work know exactly what you were doing? Yes. Yeah. And yep. they were like, "Oh, sorry, you can't have that time off." Yeah. Yep. yeah yep. So that was. Do you think it was justified? Mistake. Like in in your line of work, that you couldn't have those three days off, or do you think it was um, lots of staffing issues caused it? Oh
1: God. Yeah. Yeah. It, it oh was. My God. Like, yeah. It was absolutely so. On top of the IVF stress, I then had that on top of me. I was contacting the union. I was absolutely so heartbroken that we could not start because oh. I think, yeah, in a way, you get your mind so set, ready to go.
0: Like yep. I was so
1: ready. I was so ready to do it, and like after waiting December, January, we we couldn't do it because Christmas, and then to be told by work not even my doctor no you can't we drove up to the coast and got the medication for them just to say no the next day so i had all these needles sitting in my fridge just looking at me and there was nothing i could do which was absolutely the worst part of it all
0: and then oh finally i know it was terrible i'm literally sitting shaking the- my head like i just that is just insane
1: yeah Ugh. i think the whole journey like and I'm sure lots of people can agree when you like when you're thinking about it now it's just like back I don't know I think you mentally block out so much of the journey because it was such a hard time in your life that you just don't want to think about it ever again
0: yeah there's only and, so much you can process and only so much yeah. you can take in at a time so some things do just kind of get yeah pushed away for gets- sure
1: there's so much like I know from getting ready for this there's so much that I was like oh I totally forgot that like (laughs) I totally forgot I had surgery I totally forgot that every month I'd have to line up before work and get my blood test to make sure I'd ovulated and Mm -hmm. all the ovulation sticks and things like that like I remember very early on I was doing all the ovulation sticks and doing my temperature and like really getting into absolutely everything and I think it took me maybe six months of that to be like uh these are a waste of money Mm. and I'm not anyway so yeah <laughs> they're really a waste of money but you do you become so absorbed by it all and like I don't know every every first birthday every baby shower and all of that like you just would I would sit there and I'd be so sad for myself every time
0: yeah.
1: so it's, to finally get to our IVF point where we could start in March was so exciting so yeah March last year we Got ready and did our first IVF cycle, and we did it. It was because I've listened, I've listened to a lot of podcasts prior to, like I listened to some trying before I was even pregnant when we we're trying. Mm. Um, I've listened to lots of IVF podcasts, and I suppose that's really all I knew about. I was very naive about what happens when you do IVF but all I ever knew was what I'd heard on these podcasts and mm-hmm. I remember I was listened at the doctors and I, they were talking about how we would do the egg collection and all the needles and I'm not afraid of needles but they were very difficult to give to myself I could give most of them to myself but there was one that like was a very stingy one that I made Dylan do to me because I just couldn't I would tried and I couldn't so mm-hmm. that was his, his little part of it anyway which um, it worked, I had to get up out of bed early before he left and he did that one and off we went about our day. But he, we went to the doctor and he was sitting there and they were explaining the egg collection to us. And in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I'll go under for that. I'll get general, have a good sleep. They'll collect the eggs. They'll write the number in my hand and I'll wake up. Well, no, he was a green whistle doctor.
0: Oh, um, right.
1: yeah. Yeah, so despite we like this wasn't a bulk bill company or anything like that, mm-hmm. like it was a full, full blown um, normal clinic. Yeah, he just believed when I asked him about. It, I asked if I could go under general because the thought of getting it under Valium and Green Whistle just mm. mortified me. I was so scared, and he used to reply to me was, "Oh no, we don't, we don't feel like you need. It's not required. General anaesthetics not required for it. You'll be fine." I was like okay yeah. I guess I'm doing it this way yeah so yeah we went up and started it did all the needles went up and had the ultrasound to see how all my follicles were going so that's another day where we had to drive all the way up to the coast and come back down mm-hmm. um I think we had around 14 follicles I think on day 10 yep um which was fine so this was my first full stim cycle like I'd done the trigger shot and things like that with the IUI, but this was the first full-on cycle. So I suppose in a way they probably didn't want to overdo my body. They didn't want to give me too much that you can overstimulate. But, so, yeah, 14 was our number. And based off podcasts I've listened to, I know that, and I think it was such a good point, and just why I wanted to reiterate it here, is that I was always, in this podcast I was told, or listened that you should always halve your number like and I told I tell people all the time that now if you halve your number that you get just to try and prepare yourself
0: mm-hmm. so it's such a, 30, yeah. such a big drop yeah Big drop, yeah
1: um, and I suppose in a way I was like yay even though in the back of my head I'm thinking okay halve that because you're not going to get not all those follicles are going to be eggs mm-hmm. and I think like going into the first cycle, that's such a good thing to remember because you get so devastated when they do drop, even though you know you shouldn't, but you do. Yep. Um, so, yeah, we went up there, had that scan, fourteen follicles, yay. Um, then they're like, "All right, egg collections." I think it was Friday at this point, so we went up and did the sat in the waiting room, filled out all our paperwork, and then they come out and gave me a Valium before, like half an hour before I went in and I remember they sent um, Dylan off to do his part and I'm sitting there after I'd had this Valium and I was like oh I can just feel myself going like I've never had anything like that before and mm-hmm. I could just sit I was sitting in the waiting room by myself after I'd, I'd had this and I was thinking oh God, don't fall asleep or don't do like something on the chair when no one's here to catch me because I could just feel it coming over me and I don't mm-hmm. know if I'm, I'm only quite little so like Every time I tell people that I've got um, polycystic ovarian syndrome, like I'm not typically the characteristics of when you, like if you were to search it, I don't have it. Like I'm about 48 kilos, like I'm quite little. So I kind of think these drugs hit me quite hard Mm. (laughs) and I could just, in the corner of my eye, I could see Dylan coming back and I was like, oh, thank God. And then they like took us in and put all our bits and pieces on and then they gave me the green whistle. And I was like, oh, here we go. And before I could even, I think, give it one suck, he's like, all right, we're going to get started. And like, I think they may have gave me one practice little suck before he said he was getting started. And so Mm -hmm. after that, I was just breathing it in like no tomorrow. And uh, it was, it was a weird experience. It was like, I would definitely, I would do it that way again if that helps
0: people. That, well, that's good that to comes. know because yeah, I'm yeah. sort of listening and I'm like, oh, I don't know if this is going to be good or bad. Or, well, that's I'm glad yeah. that you had a, a, a good experience because yeah, I hear sort of, yeah. Uh, yeah, mixed responses. So I'm glad that you'd say you would, you would do it again. So that's yeah,
1: good. it's a weird <laughs> weird feeling. It's like you can I I don't know I couldn't feel it because I wasn't there like mentally, I I wasn't really there, but I remember I was kind of saying ow and things like that. Um, but I can't really remember it. And I suppose the best, best thing about it is kind of woke up. Well, I didn't really, well, I didn't go to sleep, but I felt pretty good afterwards, just had some cramping. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I suppose going back to Everything I knew about IVF was from podcasts. Was I was waiting for that magic number on my hand.
0: Oh, uh, um, yeah. yeah.
1: didn't give me it because yeah. I was awake, I guess. But yeah, all I wanted was to see this number on my hand, and I didn't get it because I think they just kind of said to me, I, th- I think I might have asked, actually. I, mm-hmm. Like when we were, I was like, how many? And he's like, we're nearly done. I was like, okay, cool. But I ended up getting seven eggs at that. So. I suppose when I kept saying half, half, half. It yeah, worked. you were right. Yeah. Yeah. So, seven eggs from that, which I was ha- so happy with. I was like, that's good. That's a good start.
0: Mm-hmm. That
1: this is our first cycle and things like that. Yep. But I was also super bloated, like, and I was so uncomfortable. I was in so much pain. Um, and they f- end up finding out that one of my ovaries, I think it was my right ovary, was actually 13 centimeters. And I think they're only meant to be like two to three centimeters big. So wow. it was really large. So I don't know if my body could have actually managed more medication than what I had mm. or like if I was very close to hyperstimulation. I'm not sure, but it caused a lot of pain for me, which was pretty scary, but yeah, that was fine. And then so we went home. So I was pretty good after that. Like I was wasn't drowsy or anything like that just walked out um then they ring the next day to say that we only had three left so in I remember getting that phone call and I was like three like I was and no you only need one and that's what you hear the whole time is oh you only need one um but I was so devastated that we'd lost that many and I knew even though deep down I was like it's okay. Like seven, we had seven, probably half it, like just to prepare, probably half that. But I was still so upset when I was like three. But I think the whole time, like Dylan was my, would bring me back down. And he's like, yeah, it's all right. We need one. Like you've got three, that's fantastic. We yeah. only need one. So yeah, he was definitely the most positive person to be around. Um, it was such a great support for me. And he always likes me to mention that our little staffy, which is our fur child before our real child, was <laughs> such a great support as well. Like yeah. he even wrote on my notes. I wrote notes for the show, and he wrote, "Don't forget to mention your beautiful papa that helped yeah. me through it all." <laughs> and she really, she did. She was like, she was our, and she still is. But yeah, she's she was our fur child, and we'd take her to Christmas parties and when we would get group photos with all our friends and their babies, I'd have my dog with me because that's, that's what she was. She was our little help.
0: Um, But yeah, we, um,
1: we had our three embryos at that point and I finally got myself around the idea of that was fine. Like three was okay. mm -hmm. And then all weekend. So that was the Saturday all weekend until the Monday morning was our next, um, next call from the embryologist and I was like, okay. I was absolutely shitting myself the entire weekend because I was thinking, how could I be so upset that we only have three when the thought of not having any now has struck me? like, Because I knew that those three might not last till day five and I was kind of kicking myself then. Like, My whole mood had changed to why were you sad about three when you could probably have none at the end of this? and so i remember all weekend i was in such a nervous wreck i went to work monday morning and just walked in the doors and my boss asked me how was my weekend i just bawled like she she'd had a few um of those little adventures of me coming to work and just crying over nothing but well not nothing but just breaking down in tears and she's my my hard one that would be like Yep, you can cry, but she'd snap me back out of it pretty well, which some days is what I needed, <laughs> um, some days not so much. But we got that phone call on Monday and we found out that all three had lasted the weekend. Oh, so yay. So I was absolutely so, so happy. Yeah. So was that um, a day you did everything. recall? Um, yeah, been. Yeah. or day f- – Yeah. Yeah, so oh, then, that's great. Yeah, because they can't transfer, isn't it? Yeah, so it would have been day three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I was so happy because I was thinking that we potentially could have none, and I just didn't know how I was going to do all that again mentally, but also like the cost of a whole number IVF cycle was sitting in the front of my brain.
0: Yeah, um,
1: like obviously we're young; it was a lot of money to fork out anyway. Um, but we were just about to start building a new house. We'd brought a block of land and we're building and all of that. so we had a lot on our plate at the time, which I wanted to do everything all at once. It was always going to be the way. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was thinking, oh thank God. So we've got three embryos there. So then come the day to transfer. It. So it was day five transfer. Um, mm-hmm. So we had one to transfer, have two frozen. And I remember there was just a real feeling like sitting there and looking at the embryo that was up on the TV screen and I was just like, this is so weird. Like this is how our baby is going to be made. Yeah. But then like, running in with a little tube and me checking that my name was correct on the screen and all yes. of that, like <laughs> it was never in a million years how I imagined me making a baby would be. But no. here we were. It was Dylan was- there with you? He was, yeah. yeah cool. He was allowed so lucky yeah that's great just held his hand and I was like oh here we go like and just watching the little embryo go in there was yeah it was such a weird moment but felt so good and I suppose in a way I kind of didn't want to think about it like we we put it in there and I was like all right let's go we stopped and we had a little pub lunch which was lovely and I remember we were sitting there thinking oh like this is the baby's first lunch a hamburger cool and like just (laughs) Trying to be super positive, yeah. At the time, just we just wanted to hope so bad that it would work, and if not, we had two in the freezer still that we could try again. So that was such like I know I listen to other podcasts and um, other people on them, and when I'm just so devastated for them when they say that they've got none and or didn't get any out of a cycle, like I just couldn't imagine,
0: yeah,
1: how that must feel, but. We then went on to the two-week wait, which for anyone is terrible <laughs> um, because I had such a huge ovary. My belly was so bloated and I had previously from one of our IUI cycles, I actually tested early and got a false positive.
0: Oh, so, ah, from, <laughs> so from probably from like a trigger or something? A trigger shot, yeah, yeah. So you weren't keen to test in this two-week wait? No. Never
1: again will I do that because that was the very first positive test I'd ever seen. Uh, And it just like, because, yeah, from that whole time, that whole time trying, I had once fallen pregnant. And to Uh, see a little line on there, I was like, oh my God. Yeah. And it was the faintest line, but here I am. Um, taking a photo of it being like, oh, baby's coming. Aww. And no, it was not happening. And from that day forward, I was like, nope, never test early. I will never do it because I just can't. And then I didn't test at all for the second IUI, which was mm-hmm. Christmas Eve. One. Yeah. And after that, I was like, okay, maybe I'll test the day before because I need, I cannot get another phone call like that at work to say you're not pregnant. Like, mm-hmm. I just couldn't do that.
0: I think so that's sensible. This- if anyone's going to oh, test, yeah. do it the day, day before because it's yeah. going to be less of a head fuck for you.
1: Yeah, oh, 100%. Like yeah. the first one was a hundred, the biggest head fuck and yeah. I just couldn't bring myself to do that again and then getting the phone call on Christmas Eve saying you weren't pregnant out of totally out of the blue. Mm. I was like okay, day before it is. Yeah. So A day before the two, I was getting my blood test on the Tuesday because it was Easter Sunday or Easter Monday, I think it was. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't have the blood test. It was I was meant to have it the Monday, so we ended up having it the Tuesday. So we'd got home from our camping trip, and I was like, "All right, blood test is tomorrow. I'm just going to do a test." And I purposely did not take any pregnancy test with us away on our camping freestyle, Easter. because mm-hmm. so I was like no I'm not tempted I'm not doing it where we were going I couldn't really buy any anyway so I knew that there was no temptations of doing one before and I remember I just like peed on the stick didn't even think anything of it because all my symptoms I just thought were from like I didn't really have any symptoms but all my bloating and cramping and things like that I purely just thought it was because of my ovaries so mm-hmm. like stimulated that I thought that and before I could even flush the toilet, there was two lines. Oh, wow. And no. I, I just, like, could not believe it. And then I don't think I did. I honestly don't think I did believe it. I kind of looked at it and I was like, oh, my God, you know what that means. That's two lines. Like, <laughs> we're broken. I cannot believe it. And then we had to go and pick up our dog from our in-laws because she went out there while we went camping. And I was like, how are we meant to, like, go out here right now and pretend like that didn't just happen? <laughs> We did. We just went on about our day and then I was like, oh, yep. But like I will add through my whole IVF journey and fertility journey, like we were very or I was very, very open about what we were doing. So Mm -hmm. our friends knew, our family knew, everybody knew that needed to know what we were doing. I didn't tell everyone when we were actually doing transfers and things like that. I did like my our family knew. Um, I had one friend that I did keep updated because she was such a good support for me too. Um, But I I wanted to keep that bit of surprise. Like I wanted to have a control over that surprise element. So we didn't really tell anyone that we were doing the cycle at the time. And, yeah, so my mum kind of said to me, oh, like, so when's your blood test? (laughs) And I was like, oh, yeah, uh, it's tomorrow. And she's like, oh, yeah. And I was like, you know, but I don't think I'm going to, like I already knew at this point, but I wanted to tell her in a more exciting way than just a phone call. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, but I, I don't think I'm going to be sad. And she's like, really? I was like, yeah, I think I think it should be all okay, like just kind of slyly being like, it's going to be <laughs> fine. And she's like, okay then, like totally got what I was saying. Yeah. And then I ended up taking a cute little photo of my positive stick and I showed them and did all that and it was very exciting and that turned into being our little baby
0: oh
1: yeah so we were super super lucky like to happen first round of IVF I like think every day like how lucky we were because I know so many people out there are not as lucky and it makes you forget it's it sounds bad but it does make you forget everything that we'd been through before then to get that positive like it just you think you're so like leading up to it and all the heartache and everything you think oh I'm so unlucky why is this happening to me but then to finally like to get that positive on our first go it just changed my whole mindset I was like we are so lucky like so so lucky and now we have a little six-month-old baby boy named Bradley.
0: Oh, congratulations. Yes. You're definitely yeah, honestly you do not hear of many stories like yours. Um No. And it's just proof that it does, you know, it only takes one. So there's probably people know. out there listening um you know that might have only I don't know, got 5 embryos. I mean, sorry, 5 eggs at egg pick up and then they're down to their last few. And, you know, sometimes it does only, it just, it takes the one, um, yes. you know, even though you guys went through so much before that, there's still so much, you know, heartache and loss and financial, emotional, mental, physical, mm-hmm. like it's still all there, um, but it's just yep. such a happy ending. And it's sometimes I think we need to tell these stories that, you know, you get, you, you do things prior and then you get to IVF and sometimes that that's all it takes so we do need to share these stories um even though yeah Yeah, because we don't hear of them often
1: no and that was our biggest thing like that was this such confusing thing around it all was my eggs were fine Mm. Dylan was fine why like why isn't this happening like yeah I was 23 when we fell I was 23 I think Dylan was 27 so Mm -hmm. like young and that as I said is the biggest thing everyone used to say was oh you're young like you've got time on your side just relax and all of that jazz they always tell you but I was like yeah but if you're going off that like you're saying I'm young that's fine why isn't it happening like you would think a healthy 23 year old would just be Mm. able to fall naturally yeah and like that was that's my biggest thing I think about wanting to tell my story was you're not. It's not always the, and it's not. It isn't always all like the older, older women things like that. Like it can happen to somebody that is young and no. Like in a million years, would have I ever have thought that, like at 23, I would have been doing IVF? Mm-hmm. But I'm just so thankful that we were in the position that we could do that and, like, we've been together for nine years. So and we had our house and things like that. So we were in the position where we wanted to start trying for a family and, like, not many people at our age were in that, like, where they they didn't really want to be trying for a family. But I'm just glad we did try when I was younger. So now we know that it does take a little bit of time and mm. we've got those two frozen embryos left. So that's always good to know. But we were super lucky as well, which I didn't realise that kind of the, from day three or, like, the that second phone call, mm. they said, You know how lucky you are to still have the three. And I was like, No, I didn't. She said, Not not many usually last, like you you might be left with one or two. But she said, Not you're not usually getting 100%. So I think that really helped us too. That we're like, Oh, good, okay, this is positive. And both or all three of our embryos were graded the same, they were all graded AB, which. Yep. I didn't really know a lot about what that meant, but I know that they were pretty good. And obviously the one that we got was Radley and he's perfect. So
0: yeah, we got
1: two more of, we like to say, we've got two more Radleys in the freezer. So
0: <laughs> Love it. Oh, like that's it. awesome.
1: But yeah, so we're just enjoying our next journey now of parenthood and learning about Radley.
0: <laughs> yeah. I oh, love it. Oh, that's such an awesome story. Thank you so much for sharing your journey. Is there anything else you wanted to say before we wrap it up?
1: Um, I just think, like, I know when you're in the, in the midst of it all, like you're putting so much pressure on yourself. And I know I put so much pressure on myself, but reach out to people. Like I had a friend that would drop me a little present at my front door, like, I know lots of people don't like sharing their journeys but that was my best part but sharing and so I could talk to people and you become so obsessed with it all probably every conversation I had was about IVF but it's so good to have somebody there that you can talk to about it and actually take time to listen to you and yeah just to try and take the pressure off yourself and it will happen it doesn't feel like it at the time but I'm sure there'll be a light at the end of your tunnel at the end of it all.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with you. I say that a lot about you just need at least just that one person just to vent to, just to talk shit with, bounce ideas off, have a glass of wine with, have a cry with, because yeah, you Mm -hmm. just, you need that, that support. Definitely. I
1: I had a great support group and like my sister and some friends and, Mum and Dylan so I was very lucky in that aspect but I think being open with it all and I'm definitely super open with infertility now and I'll always share stuff on Instagram and things like that and talk to anyone that I know that is doing IVF because it is so much more common than what you realize and I suppose it's not something now that gets hushed on everyone kind of talks about it now which is great it should Mm -hmm. be spoken about because We didn't choose to do IVF. Like that was just how we were going to get our babies. So yeah, yeah, it's the way and there is lots of people in the same boat as you,
0: unfortunately. Yeah. I think the stats were one to eight, but I read the other day one in six now. I'll have to do a bit more research into that. But yeah, it's becoming even more common. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And we are very lucky. Like I'm in groups and things like that. Um, and even just by speaking out, like you get people that message you that are going through it. And we are a bit of a community of IVF warriors, as they are called, mm-hmm. but I do love anyone to reach out to me, that I know like, I'm more than happy to help. I know like our IVF journey wasn't as long as some, and I do feel so grateful for that, but we still went through all that heartache through the years to get to where we are now. So definitely,
0: yeah. Yep. Yeah, totally agree with you. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of IVF Tales. Would you like to share your tale? Click on the SurveyMonkey link below and I'll get in touch with you.